0: You to think for a moment about that scripture that was just on the screen. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ spoke to his disciples, and in response to them speaking to him, he said, I will build my church on this rock, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Now, that is a definite statement, an absolute promise. From our Lord, that this church, his church, the church, will go on and on and on. And we are the church. And so it's imperative for you and me to walk with the Lord. Now, I am so thankful that we do not have to do that by ourselves. It's not according to my mind or your mind or my spirit. your spirit it's not according to my preferences or your preferences it is a, according to the head of this church and that is Jesus Christ and i will say to you that one of the things that i'm thrilled about being a christian and living a christian life and having the privilege of being a leader in the church is that he guides and I'm going to tell you that in the last few weeks, I've had a sense, and maybe it was just me, but I had a sense that we needed to talk and talk and wrestle and wrestle with some of the difficulties, some of the things that are considered, things that cause churches to decline. We've had some struggles, yes, but I want you to know that in recent months and years that that has changed. I've been here for a year, year and a half. And if I were talking to King's Grand Baptist Church a year ago, I would need desperately to hammer, and I will use that word by design, hammer on the things that were causing decline in this church. No longer. And part of what we're doing today is to declare the goodness of Almighty God in celebration because in and through him, he has shown his light on King's Grand Baptist Church in recent weeks and months. People have worked. It's not just me. People have worked. We've had a transition team that has worked really hard. Many of you have worked really hard. Our leadership is where our staff has worked really hard to declare the fact that this is God's church. In the midst of that, last Sunday evening, in this room, this place was packed. I hope all of you were there. Many of you were here. And from front to back, side to side, This church had gathered in a special call business meeting to hear what God was doing and what the people of God in this church were doing and that what they were going to do. And we were so thankful. You will hear from Ryan Anderson a little bit later today. But Ryan sat right here before this complete packed house. And shared vision and shared information and shared hopefulness with power and a real sensitivity to what the Lord wanted to do in this place, in this church, and in this community. And then, through his request and the transition team, we made a motion for people to just support, no big changes, just support the effort of moving forward with a vision team for investigating, for talking to people, for listening to you and listening to our community and looking at things that would help us to know how to fulfill God's mission for King's Grand Baptist Church. And then we voted, and I sat right here as the moderator of that business meeting, and I had the privilege of looking at this packed house and the vast majority, we didn't count, we didn't have to, the vast majority, when we asked for a vote for positive, everybody in favor of supporting that, hands went up. You couldn't even see to the back of the room. There were so many hands. And people didn't go, no, they went, and That is a blessing. That is a statement of God's love and care and for His affirmation of what is happening through His Spirit and through His guidance among His people here at King's Grant Baptist Church. And so I stand before you very thankful to be able to say that I am right here to celebrate and I just came, you know, I'm not really good on titles and all like that, but I work on it because people like that. But the title for today is Walking in the Light and Celebrating the Goodness of Almighty God. And that's what we're going to do today. Through scripture, through music, through people speaking, not just me, but some of our folks are going to share good words of testimony and their impression about What God is doing in this place and so we're glad that you're here and I just pray that as I read these scriptures and we move toward this worship time that you will join us in prayer and in spirit it says in John the first chapter in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was with God in the beginning through him all things were made Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. And then Jesus said in John 8, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never, will never walk in darkness but they will have the light of life. And then it says in 1 Peter 2, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are God's own people so that you can declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then in the 1 John, the first chapter, it says... This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. And if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from our sins. Amen and amen and um,
1: I was asked earlier this week or la- late last week if I would share just some thoughts about the transition team and the process and, and what I think about what happened last week. So when Don first called me and asked me if I would participate in the transition team, I was really excited and thrilled to be, to be, on- to be asked and honored. Um, glad to say yes. I saw it as a way that I could use my years of experience, the knowledge, the training that I had in order to help our church. For 30 years, I've worked for the Bridge Network of Churches, which was formerly called the Norfolk Area Baptist Association, which was previously called the Norfolk Baptist Association. So I work with about uh, 96, 97 churches from the Maryland Uh, border on the eastern shore and as far west as Richmond and so covers a a large territory covers a whole uh, span of different types of churches and so for 30 years I've worked with churches that were healthy and thriving and growing I've worked with churches that were unhealthy dying and desperate I've worked with churches that were 200 years old and trying to figure out What the next chapter was like. And I've worked with churches that were a dream in someone's heart. And what would it look like to plant and start a brand new church? So the whole gamut I've worked with. And one of the things that I've learned is it comes down a lot of times to one decision. One decision. Uh, about 28 years ago, right not long after I got here, I was working with a church. I was part of a strategic planning team. We worked with them for about six months. Came up with a tremendous strategic plan for five years. And when the strategic plan was presented to the church in business session, they voted no. They voted not to reach out to their community. They voted not to spend their money on those people. Within eight weeks, every young family, with the exception of one, had left that church. And when they finally woke up, one of the older members said, how do we get them back? And I'm like, you don't. They're gone. Another church I worked with, they were um, talking about doing community outreach. And we were meeting with the pastor one day, and he said, Kim, we've got... $80,000, this was 28 years ago, we've got $80,000 that we can use, and I'm like, great, and we started putting together a plan, bringing in a staff person, intentional community outreach endeavors, creating committees, teams, all of that kind of stuff. When it came to a vote, someone from the floor suggested that instead of spending the $80,000 on the plan, let's spend the 80,000 and get the pipe organ reworked they reworked the pipe organ a couple years later they closed their doors gave their building to another church and then eventually the church building was torn down currently there's a church in the network they're getting ready to celebrate their 100th anniversary I've worked with them on and off for for several years. Their pastor was leading them to do great and wonderful things in their community. Not an easy community, but they were doing great work and having a huge kingdom impact. One of the people got upset when the pastor put in the sanctuary seated about 600 people. They were running less than 100 He put in partitions about a third of the way in from the back in order to create community, a sense of belonging within the worship time. One of the men was so enraged that he created a team to start picking at the pastor, picking at the pastor, picking at the pastor. They finally got enough support to ask him to leave, and he left. They're down to about 20 people. They're getting ready to celebrate their 100th anniversary, and that will be their final service because they know that once they've spent all the money that they have left, there'll be no money to do anything else. They will not be able to pay the bills. They will celebrate 100 years, and then they will close their doors. One decision. Fortunately, I've worked with a lot of other churches that have done one decisions in the other direction. Years ago, I got to work with Coastal Community Church as they launched and as they began great new ministry in the Glenwood-Salem section of Virginia Beach. One Saturday, they did a huge community outreach event where they had over a 1,000 people register to come into the event. They had 13 inflatables. They had all, just, it was just massive, a massive, I, I, part of my job showing up for things like that, I showed up, I'm like, wow, my kids have to be here. You turned it, went back to the house, picked up Claire. I don't know if Danielle went with us or not, went back. It was amazing, had a blast. Met with Debbie Warren, their family pastor, a couple months later, and I said, Debbie, when are y'all doing that again? Because I want to bring my kids back to that. And she said, oh, we're not doing it again. You had a thousand people there. She said, yeah, but we have not seen one person come to worship, small group, kids, men, children's ministry, as a result of that event. Why would we put time, energy, and money into something that had no kingdom effect? Their one decision was to put resources towards things that had a spiritual impact. And that didn't, so they would not do it again. I'm working currently with a new church plant called Journey Church. I got to start working with Nate, who's the pastor of that church, when it was a dream in his heart. And he was trying to figure out as a student minister if God was calling him to plant a new church that would read 20-somethings and 30-somethings. As I meet with them, their whole purpose is to bring hope, healing, and wholeness to the lost and hurting in their community. And why would I know that? Because their decision is, as a staff, as a church, everything they do is to bring hope, healing, and wholeness to their community, whether their community is geographical, whether their community is Relational, whatever their community, hope, healing, and wholeness. Whomever I'm working with, whomever I'm meeting with, whomever I'm talking to, those three words come out. And that's, that's how they identify if what they're doing is working. Is it bringing hope? Is it bringing healing? Is it bringing wholeness? Their decision, hope, healing, and wholeness to the lost and the hurting. While I was working with the transition team, really enjoyed it, was challenged with all the work, enjoyed the, com- the community, enjoyed the research, enjoyed all of it, but I kept getting anxious as we got closer and closer to drawing to a close, anxious, because I knew at some point we were going to have a decision to make, one decision, and I was afraid that we wouldn't choose. I was afraid that we would turn our backs on what God was calling us to do. I was afraid that King's Grant would choose to die. And it would be slow and it would be painful. But it would be a choice for death. And then last Sunday night. Last Sunday night, you received what Ryan said the information that was presented, and even though some of it was hard to hear and hard to even accept, you voted to move forward. And now I have hope. I have hope that we have made the first hard decision. I know there'll be more decisions that have to be made, but the first most difficult one has been made. We've turned a corner as a church We recognize that we need to move forward with a healthy future of honoring God, of building his kingdom, of reaching the lost, which seems very, very much like what King's Grant was started to do on the Little Neck Peninsula. So thank you for voting to move forward.
0: From the book of Psalms, gather these words in for the glory of God and, and his goodness. Psalms 100 says, shout for the joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And in Psalms 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth... So great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those that love him. To God be the glory.
2: The things we did at first,
3: you're clearing out the temple, you're cleaning out the dirt, for we are your territory, Lord, we are your church, we are your people, and you are Oh more Oh
2: very hopeful and encouraged um, where this process is going to go, but I will say a um, few weeks, few months, even a few years ago, it wasn't as uh, easy of a process. Um, for many years, and looking across the room, I know this is true of many of you as well, um, there's just been the burden. Um, saw the church working hard, doing a lot of programming, going through a lot of motion and doing work but it wasn't um, very fruitful. Um, you'd see each individual ministry, um, I can specifically speak to the youth ministry, just always making these tweaks, trying to improve it. How do we make it better? And you'd feel like you start getting traction, and then you'd walk down the stairs from um, Sunday school with the youth, and there's parents of youth begging their kids, do we have to go to worship? Mm. And um, it was just the sort of thing, we couldn't even meet the needs that they would show up. So it was this burden that we were carrying, and um, as this transition team was going on and everything, I kept feeling the um, urge, do we push this? Um, Is this the right time? Is this where we bring it up? And it was a struggle. I talked myself out of it many times, um, to be completely honest. I'm Spouse of staff. It would be better received if it was someone else. Um, I shouldn't take my focus off of the youth. I need to keep it there. And um, I talked myself out of it uh, multiple times. But um, God kept pushing and um, kept asking me to trust him. And this month I was reading um, Ezekiel. And it really kind of summarized what I'd experienced. Um, Ezekiel a priest, um, dedicated to the temple, trying to connect people to God, um, and he just looked at him, and they were so distracted by the world, um, participating in, um, idolatry to the point that God does not abandon his people, but he abandons his temple, and, um, his presence actually leaves it, and, um, that had to just be so discouraging for Ezekiel, and, um, Then he watches these visions of the judgment and the despair and all of this. And um, I think it's verse or chapter 37. Um, Ezekiel's standing in this vision of a valley of dry bones. And it's just all of these um, believers who are spiritually dry, spiritually dead. Um, But God does a miraculous work. And brings them to life. He breathes life into them and um, covers them in skin. He restores the temple, and it's more grand and great than the original. And it gives this um, imagery of this small trickle of water coming out of the temple. And Ezekiel's led into the water, and that water turns into a bigger river and a rushing river. And he's led to go deeper, and he gets ankle deep. And then it says, go deeper. And he goes knee deep, and it says, go deeper. And he winds up where he can't stand. He has to swim, and it says the rivers can't be crossed. And, um, but because he goes out into this depth, he gets to see something incredible. He gets to see a portion of God's work that he would not have seen had he stayed ankle-deep water where it was safe and easy. And um, he sees that the water reaches the Dead Sea, um, the sea that's just notorious for not being able to sustain life. But yet, when the river of living water hits it, it teems with life. It's full of sea creatures. The banks are packed with trees and vegetation and these fruit trees. And um, he's able to see what living water is is able to do and restore what is dead and bring life to it. And this past couple of weeks has actually been very um, encouraging for me. It's been very refreshing. Um, It's been um, an up-and-down process, like I say. I've talked myself out of it many times, but there has been a lot of um, refocus, a lot of repentance, Um, A lot of rejuvenation. And before this morning, I actually had not heard the song that my wife sang, but there's resurrender in that. And I am excited about um, what God can do through this process for the church. The administrative changes, the changes to certain aspects of better reach families, all of that. But I think more than anything, what I am most excited about and hopeful for is that God's going to work in everyone the way he has me. I know so many of you feel like you're standing in that um, valley of the dry bones right now. You just feel spiritually exhausted. And um, I am so excited for what God can do. Um, I do think um, we're on the edge of refreshment and revitalization. Um, I think each of us, if we really lean into it, and um, we've experienced in our own lives. We're going to see revival through the church, and this doesn't even have anything to do with raising hands on a vote. Um, there is nothing that we can present. We're going to change this policy in a handbook, or we're going to put this color on the wall. Nothing that can bring um, true spiritual revival without the change of heart. So that is um, by far what I am most about, excited about um, when I look at this process and. Um, how God might work
0: what a beautiful day amen amen and what a beautiful God and the blessings and the goodness and the hope and the future is in is in his hands and where better place could it be let's pray folks